Morning, everybody. Yeah, that's, that's about right. That sounds like the Sunday after Christmas. Yeah. That, hey, thank you very much. You guys should be hopped up on sugar or something. But uh, I always say the Sunday after Christmas is like that last day of church camp. You just, you're just tired. You're exhausted. You're just kind of blah. So uh, uh, we're going to try to keep you from being blah today, okay? So uh, we're so glad to have the kids in with us on our uh, last family Sunday of the year. If you guys don't know what that is, every fifth Sunday, so four times a year, we have them in with us, and uh, we go over a topic that we think everybody needs to hear. So uh, first off, I, I pray you guys had a great Christmas. Um, I pray that you guys have a great new year, and can you believe that it is now 24 or gonna be 2024. Now, it felt like 23 just uh, uh, got away from us a little bit. Um, so, but uh, I'm excited for 2024, and uh, I hope you guys are too. We got some big things in store. God has some big things in store, and that's the most important part. So, uh, we're gonna go into our Foundation Sunday, and if you're new, the Foundation Sunday is every last Sunday of the month. So, we do 12 of these a year that we talk about topics that we need to really hone our craft, sharpen our craft, and because these are things that are, we believe are becoming under attack. And so today we're going to talk about the gospel is for everyone. Everyone. The gospel's good for everyone. The gospel is good for every situation. The gospel is good for every encounter. The gospel is good all the time, anytime, every time. And I'm telling you that the reason why we're talking about this is because we're being told when to preach the gospel, when to, to talk about the gospel. We're, we're even being told how to talk about the gospel. That's not what we're doing. We're going to equip you guys on the knowing and, and establishing that the gospel is for everyone in every situation. So we had a good Christmas. We, we got to go home. Um, you know, it, it was a little, uh, a little uh, sad. My, my aunt died on Christmas morning. And uh, um, like, like we said, uh, best Christmas present anybody could ever receive. And uh, so I was asked to do the funeral. And so we went and uh, uh, it was on the visitation on Thursday night. And, and uh, we came in and my uncle Tim, now I want you guys to, to look at my family dynamic. Either they're believers or they're not. There is no middle road. They are either believers and, and uh, just uh, believe and love Jesus Christ, or they don't. Um, and so my uncle came up to me in the visitation, and he gave me a big hug. He's like, hey, I need you to do me something tomorrow. I said, okay, what do you need me to do? He said, I need you to preach. I said, well, Uncle Tim, I didn't plan on juggling. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I think it goes without saying that that's what I planned on doing. And uh, he's like, no, no, no. He, and he pulled me in closer. He's like, hey. I need you to preach the gospel tomorrow. And I said, well, I'm already done with the sermon. And, and he's, like, he's like, there's people here that have never heard about Jesus Christ. There's people here that don't, that they have a, a disconnect from the church. He's like, Jed, I need you to preach the gospel tomorrow. And when he told me that, I'll be honest with you, it put a burden on my heart. And I, I was like, man, how, how can I preach the gospel at a funeral, but still recognize and still honor and uh, show love for my aunt that just passed? I'm like, that's, that's a tough ask. How, how can I do that? And, and especially when I was already done, well, I quickly realized I may have been done with the, the sermon, but God was not. And, and so he, he put on my heart to change it. And, and I was struggling so bad on Thursday. And finally it hit me. He said, you need to talk about what she stood for. 
And so if you don't know my aunt, which obviously you don't, but <laughs> my aunt was somebody, she did not talk. She was not the big, she did not, uh, you know, take over a room. My, my aunt was quiet. She was a little harsh. She, she, was, she was a little hard to deal with sometimes. And so I used that against her many a times. My aunt and I went to the same old country church. That is where I saw my aunt in that back left corner and that back pew set for many a years. That's where I, I saw my aunt go to worship every, every Sunday. That's where I saw my aunt lift up her hands and praise. That's where I saw my aunt pray and just absolutely let go of things. That's where I saw my aunt love Jesus Christ. And she was in love with that seat. So I was a bratty little kid, and these were the old pews that had no padding. And so my aunt would bring a padded uh, uh, cushion with a handle on it, and she'd put it back in her seat, and she would sit there. Nobody else allowed to sit there. So being the kid I was, I would mess with her. So she'd get up to sing a song. I'd take that cushion. I'd throw it all the way down to the end. And then she'd go to sit down and she hit the, the hard pew and, and then she'd get it back. And I was like, next Sunday, I need to do something else. So next Sunday, I took the cushion and I just hit it. She couldn't find it. Well, and then the next Sunday, this went on for about six months, just telling you that right off the bat. And sometimes I'd even, I'd get there early and sit in her seat. Like, because my aunt loved that seat. And I remember there was one day I was messing with her so bad. So she showed up. 15, 20 minutes early, so I couldn't mess with her. And she sat in that seat. She was the only person in the church sitting in that seat. And then I had to stop because she told me something that I'll never forget. She's like, I'm about to tell your mom. I was like, all right. So I stopped. I was like, all right. So everybody in that church knew where my aunt sat. But everybody in that church knew where my aunt stood. And that was on the solid rock and foundation of Jesus Christ. And that's the gospel right there. That gospel was being shared at her funeral. That gospel was still being shared through the way that she lived her life. The gospel needs to be shared with everyone in every environment. Gospel is, the, is not off limits to anyone, anywhere, anytime. The gospel needs to be shared with everyone. And now some of you may be here like, well, what's the gospel? Well, in the Bible, the Gospels are the first four books of the Bible. We're talking about the Gospel. We're talking about what Scripture tells us is good news. We just came out of a good news season, which was Christmas. And that's all we talked about was good news for four to five weeks. The Gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ. And the Gospel is for everybody. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts 8, 26 through 39, we're going to show you how to present the gospel to everyone, anytime, all the time. Because here's the thing, if we wait for the right time, if we wait for the, the right setting, if we wait for the right person to share the gospel with, you need to listen to this, it's going to be too late. We cannot pick and choose who hears the gospel of Jesus Christ anymore. We need to use all the situations that God gives us to share the gospel. So if you guys have your Bibles, we're going to read. And it says this. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, and an important official in charge of all the treasure of Kandite. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. 
And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. 29 says, the spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. 31 says, how can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to slaughter and as lamb, as lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. 33 says, in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for life was taken from the earth. 34 says, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave the orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but he went away rejoicing. So let's break down this story a little bit. So, so Philip sees a chariot and he sees a chariot and he sees, he sees a powerful man in it. So if you're in a chariot, it's, it's made usually out of gold or other material that it shows your wealth. It shows your power. It shows your position. So Philip sees it sitting there, and he walks up and he hears something, and, and he hears this man trying to read scripture. And so he stops because the Holy Spirit told him to. He stops, and he has a conversation with him, and he asks him a question. Now, the question I want to ask today is why did he stop? Because is it not true that a lot of times we only feel that the desperate and the broken are the one that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ? Isn't it true that a lot of times we feel like we have nothing to offer the person that looks like they have it all together? Isn't it true that a lot of times that, that, that we only present the gospel to people that when their ship is sinking, that is not sharing the gospel with everyone. And that's what Philip did. Philip saw that he was powerful. Philip saw that he was wealthy. We cannot only share the gospel with people when their ship is sinking. The gospel was for those who are caught up in deep sin. The gospel is for those that are sinners. That is us. That is all of us. That is everyone. And that is why we need to share the gospel. It's not just for those that are drowning. The gospel is for everyone. It's for the ones that have everything together. It's for the ones that have nothing together. It's even for the ones that have nothing, period. It is for everyone. So we're gonna talk about the gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. We just talked about it. So I say the gospel is like chocolate. It goes good with everything. I love cherries. You throw some chocolate on those puppies. Woo! Best thing in the world. I love them. Chocolate is like the gospel. It is good for everything. It's good news while you're in the barren desert. It's good news while you're in the deadliest storms that you can ever imagine that you're in. But it's also good when you're on the calmest lake. The gospel is also good when you're on the quietest mountainside. The gospel is the good news for every occasion, every encounter, but most importantly, every person. 
So when we look at the, the Ethiopian man, and let's look at him. Three things we need to recognize about the Ethiopian man. Number one is this man was influential. He was in charge of all of the queen, queen of Ethiopia's finances. He was in charge of all her money. He was in charge of uh, all of her possessions. He was a very, very high up figure in that society. He was over all of that. So basically he was like the CFO of, of the entire nation of Ethiopia. So people knew who he was. People knew how good he had it. People knew how, how people knew all this stuff about him, all the good things about him. So he was very influential. So this Ethiopian man couldn't just walk down the street. People knew who he was. People knew, knew what he was. People knew what he stood for. And so number one, he was very influential. Number two, this man was very religious. And it tells us that in scripture because what was he doing when Philip walked up to the chariot? He was trying to read scripture. It says he was trying to read Isaiah. And when he, that means he had, the, he had the scroll of Isaiah with him. It never says that that Philip presents the scroll to him. Philip says that he already has it. That means he already has the word of God in his possession. That means this Ethiopian man was a religious man. He also probably had access to so many other resources, so many other uh, scrolls, and he, he had access to all of that because his position. Now, the most important thing about this Ethiopian man that we need to learn and we need to grab a hold of when we're talking about spreading the gospel. This man was searching. This man was searching. He was deep in the word and he was searching desperately for something. Are you still searching? Are you good with where you're at? We need to understand that, that this story happened a very short amount of time after Jesus Christ was, was uh, crucified and resurrected. So that means there were still a lot of people talking about Jesus. And so he probably got wind of it and he probably heard, you know, people still, still talking. So he was searching for what they just presented to him, what he just witnessed. He was a man that was searching. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions like I always do. Are you still a man or woman that's searching? Because you need to be. Because just because you heard of the gospel many years ago doesn't mean you need to stop searching for it. That means you still need to be in your word. You still need to be to looking deeper and deeper in your faith. We are still searching for answers, but where are you looking to get those answers? You know, a lot of times we look for answers in the weirdest places. And then a lot of times we believe those answers more than we believe the answers we find in scripture. Why do we do this? Because we like the answers way better than we do the ones in scripture. That is not the gospel. The gospel is when we share the what? The good news, which is truth. So if you are not searching, you need to be. Man, do we not make a lot of excuses why we're not searching anymore. Man, do we make a lot of excuses why we're not in our scripture anymore. Because here's the thing. We make so many excuses, and it sounds like this. It sounds like, I just don't understand scripture. Well, we need to do what the Ethiopian man did. And what is it? You need to ask. If you do not know what scripture is talking about, you need to ask. 
And there's so many people out there that know the gospel. I, I believe there's somebody out there that knows the gospel more than any of us. We need to go after, we need to ask questions to them. We need to ask questions. So none of these excuses that we offer up make any sense to me. We talk about not understanding what scripture says. That makes no sense. We talk about maybe not having the right resources. I am telling you, the scripture is at your fingertips, literally. You have access to the scripture, to the, to, to the gospel, anytime you want it. So let's look at Philip now. We talked about the Ethiopian man. Now, this is the good part. Philip is exactly who we need to be. If we want to share the gospel to everybody, Philip's who we need to, 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 to look up to and to look at. Philip started this entire thing with one thing. Do you remember what it was? It was a question. He walked up and he said, do you understand what you are reading? It was a question. I want you to understand, if you are struggling with sharing the gospel, man, it starts with a question. As simple as that, it starts with just showing you are caring for somebody even if they don't look like you, talk like you, act like you, it starts with a question. And then what was the Ethiopian's response? How can I, unless someone explains it to me? Philip had a couple options. One of the greatest options, which I think we could all uh, uh, picture some of us doing, maybe even all of us doing, is he could have just kept on walking. He could have ignored what the Holy Spirit was saying, and he said, could have said, you know what? This man in that chariot is wealthy. He's powerful. He has everything together. I could just keep walking and my life would be exactly the same. But that's not what we need to do if we are truly sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a tough question. Would you guys be here today if somebody walked by you? No. Many of us, if most of us, are believers in Jesus Christ. It started with somebody asking you a question. And that's what we need to learn from Philip. Philip was not in too much of a hurry to share the gospel. He stopped. He took time out of his day and he shared the gospel with somebody that needed it. And then in scripture, they said he was reading Isaiah 53 verses seven and eight. And then uh, they, he walked him through that. And then in verse 34, Luke writes this. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus Christ. All right, this is where we all need to hone it. Philip did this by simply speaking of Jesus Christ. That's it. He started to share about Jesus Christ. That's it. We overcomplicate so many things. Sharing the gospel is one of them. We believe that we have to have everything together. We believe we have to be in the right place, the, the perfect timing, the per perfect atmosphere. We believe it, we need to be at 68 degrees on a thermostat to comfortably share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like that's, I mean, it, it sounds crazy, but we, we want the perfect setting to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am telling you, because of the name of Jesus, any setting is perfect if you are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ any setting. Just like the funeral I was at. Did I get up that morning saying I'm going to preach the gospel? Absolutely not. I got up knowing that I was going to go and say goodbye to somebody that I loved and my heart was going to be filled with sorrow. And when I started to write 
my service for the funeral. Man, don't you know. I went and opened my computer, and my sermon from Christmas Eve was still up. And it was at the part where it says, you need to have joy and sorrow. I'm like, God, come on. Could you be any more obvious right now? And that's what I did. I knew I was going into a situation of great sorrow. I knew I was going into an environment of great loss. But do you know what? That was the perfect setting to talk about Jesus Christ. That was the perfect environment to preach about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when you have an a encounter with somebody like Philip did, you don't have to over, overcomplicate it. Just share Jesus. Preach about Jesus. Talk about the things that Jesus has done in your life. You simply share Jesus. My aunt was not a person that talked. My aunt was not a person that had millions of friends surrounded her, but the people in her life knew what she stood for because that's the only thing she would talk about. She wouldn't tell you uh, about her, how her day was. She wouldn't tell you about, about things that's going on in her life, but man, you, she comes home from Sunday church, she gonna tell you about it. She gonna tell you about it on Thursday. She gonna tell you about it on Saturday. She didn't talk much. But what she did talk about, she simply preached Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do. We're overcomplicating things. Now, we need to do what I think is the biggest step. We need to realize something. I cannot raise the dead. Neither can you. You cannot part the waters. Neither can I. I cannot calm the storms. Neither can you. Most importantly, we cannot break anybody else's chains. But it is our duty as Christ followers to talk about the one that can. And that is the gospel. If you've been sitting here for 22 minutes and two seconds wondering what the gospel is about, it's that. Talking about someone that can do what you can't. And that is Jesus Christ. That is simply the gospel in, in, in a few amount of words. We cannot raise the dead. We cannot calm the storms. We cannot break chains. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to talk about the person that can. That is exactly what it looks like to share the gospel. So are you overcomplicating it? Are you thinking that you have to have every verse in the Bible memorized to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ? That is not it. Now, we're going to talk about why knowing Scripture is very important. So we're going to talk about 1 Peter. It says, 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16, that says this, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give you reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you and your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Listen, the reason why we're talking about this is this. If you, when, I'm sorry, when you share the gospel, people's going to start asking questions. People's going to start asking why you're doing what you're doing. People's going to ask why and when and ask you questions about everything you're doing about the gospel. You need to be prepared. You need to be ready. 
And that's what we're going to talk about with our last couple points is we have to be ready to share the gospel. We have to be ready to preach the gospel. And a lot of you are like, well, I'm not a preacher. Neither am I. Why are you all laughing? I'm not. I am a, a, I almost said a boy. That's not true. I'm a middle-aged man. I'm a mid-middle-aged man that loves Jesus Christ and he has put his word on my heart and I am not, not keeping it to myself. I'm not a preacher. I am somebody that simply believes in the gospel of Jesus Christ and I'm going to share it. You know, I've shared the gospel in some of the weirdest locations. Some of the weirdest, weirdest locations that sharing the gospel was the farthest thing from my mind. When I was in Guatemala, I'm, I can't make this up. We, we were at a church and we're on a mountainside and um, they, I tell you what, their work ethic is ridiculous. Like, they, I was tired by minute five and they would go all day and we had to pick up these big boulders. And this one, I was early middle-aged man and I, I could pick them up and I just put them on my shoulder. I carried five of them, done. I was done. And then I look over and this guy smaller than me, older than me, had two. Just walking down and, and well, when you got down to the creek bed, you had to give them to a certain person because we were building a retaining wall to keep from flooding the small village. And so you get down there and I'm, I mean, I'm struggling. It sings every bit of, I'm going to say hundred pounds. I made that up, but <laughs> I mean, and I was struggling and I mean, I was shaking and this guy over here, cool as can be, had two of them and he, I'm, I kid you not, he looks at me and very broken English, he's like, what about this Jesus? And I was like, man, I'm about to get crushed by a rock right now, and you're talking about Jesus Christ? And he's like, I can't, and he, he's like, I can't wait for church tomorrow. In the weirdest places where you are so preoccupied on something other than the gospel, the gospel shows up, and you need to respond to it. I could have easily been like, you know what? <laughs> you keep to your side of the creek. I'll stay, stay to mine. If I fall, just come help me. That's it. But I didn't. And we talked, about, we talked about Jesus. He told me his favorite story in the Bible. His favorite story is the one where it says in the beginning. I was like, what are you talking about? That's, not, that, that's way before Jesus. He's like, is it? He said, in the beginning... In the beginning is where Jesus was. And so that's what we need to, 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 to do. And so I'm going to give you three ways on how we can use our apologetics and, and evangelizing to other people. Doesn't matter the situation. Doesn't matter the temperature. It doesn't matter your location. Number one is we need to pray for one. That is our 2022 theme. This is when we, we, we pray for one. We have that one person. That is our personal evangelism strategy. You can see it on the wall. Pray for one, pray for one, and there's names underneath it. Do you still pray for that one that you put on that wall? Are you still praying for the one? Maybe you weren't here. I, were, I was not here, but I still have one. Guys, can I share a story about my one with you? At this funeral, two of my ones were there. And two of my ones hate the church. And I've shared that with you. Two of my ones want nothing to do 
with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then I get up there doing what I did not want to do. I do not like funerals. I just, I, I struggle. I struggle for days before and days after. And I remember I got up there and I preached the gospel. Not because of me. I tell you what, Jesus helped me that entire way. But I preached the gospel and I got down. And all of a sudden, one of my ones came up with teary eyes. Give me a big hug. And he said, that was it. And walked away. I don't know what it was. I have no idea. I was shocked. I was just staring at him. I was like, what? Wait, what did he just say? And he said, that was it. And then 20, 20 minutes later, uh, my other one that I've been praying for for years, I've told you about this. My other one came up and said the exact same thing. Teary eyes, gave me a hug and said, that was it. I was like, what is it? And you know, in my mind, I believe this is what was it. I believe that that it that we were talking about, I believe that it was chains falling off their heart and hearts for the very first time. That's what I believe is it. Now, what about you? What about your one that you came to your mind when I said that? You have a small window, an opportunity to evangelize and to, to speak and pour into someone about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you recognize that person that's in your window? Or do you do what Philip could have done and just walk on by? That's my challenge to you this week is that person that's in your window, you know they're in your window. You know they're in your window for a certain reason. And the thing about windows is when people are in your window, it's only for a short time. People don't stand in your window day in and day out. If you do, it's weird and it shouldn't happen. <laughs> but there, you know that that person is in your window. Do you truly believe the people that God puts in your life is by accident? No, that person that's in your window, that's your one, we don't know what it is, but it is about to change their life. And that's why we pray for one. Number two, how can we evangelize? Man, y'all, we need to ask questions. If you do not understand scripture, ask questions. If you don't understand what you just read, ask questions. If you don't understand or you don't know of a a. a an answer that somebody just came to you looking for, if you don't know that, ask questions. We are blessed to be a part of a multi-site campus. That means if I don't know, there's somebody above me that knows. If they don't know, there's somebody above them that knows. That means if we don't know the answers as a pastoral staff, I will get you answers. But what does our old teacher say, kids? You can't get answers if you don't ask questions. You cannot get answers unless you ask questions. That brings us to number three. Be ready with answers. When you start to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, there are going to be questions. There are going to be people coming up to you wondering, man, what are you doing? Why do you believe in this? Why do you talk about this? You have to be ready with answers. Now, I probably don't have to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You have to be ready with the right answers. You cannot just throw your opinions out there. You can just not tell them what you believe. I am telling you, you better be versed in your scripture with your answers because that is the first thing that people look at is, is this true? Is this correct? 
You know, I, I was told, I, I read this uh, in an article many years ago, that non-believers, there's so many of them that know the Bible better than believers because they want to use it to trip us up. Be ready with your answers. And that's what Philip was. Philip could have easily said, you know what? I don't know. I don't know how to translate this either. I don't know. I've never actually been in the book of Isaiah. So I don't know what you're talking about. That's not what Philip did. Philip knew his answers and he, because he was versed in it. I've been preaching today. I know that. Here's why. And we're closing, so we're, we'll get you out of here so you guys can make your, all your New Year's Eve festivities and all that. But before we go, I need you to listen to me closely. Kids, everybody. That person in your window is not going to be there forever. That person in your window is not even guaranteed to be here once you walk out of those doors. That person in your window is not guaranteed for you to meet them again. I am telling you, the window of opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ is quickly closing. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to let that one that we talk about just walk out of your window? This is important because all of this started with a question. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know what the gospel is? Are you willing to share the gospel? But most importantly, do you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? My aunt didn't teach me a lot of lessons, but she taught me this one. The gospel of Jesus Christ will never lie to you will never hurt you. The gospel will never lead you astray. But most importantly, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the same today as it will be tomorrow. And you have to believe in that. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you in this moment. God, I just, declaration, I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, that's my prayer for everyone here, that they, they don't just know of the gospel, that they just don't talk about it every now and then, but I, I, my prayer is that they believe in the gospel and they stand on it, that they trust it. God, I know we can make excuses all day why we do not share the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I know we can make excuses all day why we're gonna keep the good news to ourselves. Not one of those excuses will ever be good enough. God, I lift up our one to you. Everybody's got one they're thinking of right now. God, I lift our ones up to you in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we offer our ones to you and we release them to you. And God, we can't wait to see what you will do with our ones. And God, I know our ones, God, I know sometimes it takes some time. God, I know sometimes it takes a lot of our effort, a lot of our strength, God, every ounce of effort that we have poured into our one will be worth it. 
I thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die for us so that our ones can have hope every day. We love you in your glorious name, amen. I'm a mess right now. I'm, you can see it. My heart breaks, not just for my one. My heart breaks for your one. There is somebody in your window right now that you're trying to ignore. There's somebody in your window right now that you're going to act like that they don't exist, that they're not there. Maybe they look like they have everything together. But I'm telling you, that person that's in your window is for a reason. I believe that God is powerful. I believe that God is masterful. But most importantly, I, I believe that God is faithful. And that's what he asks of us is to be faithful. So my prayer today is, and I'm, please don't give up on your one. I was somebody's one. And they didn't give up on me. You were somebody's one. And they didn't give up on you. That's the gospel never giving up on your one. Believing that God can take over any hardened heart. So today for our response, I'm going to change it up a little bit. We still have our walls with our pray for one. If you have a name that there's your one and you have not put it up on there, maybe you have a new one. Maybe, maybe you have somebody in your life that they used to be your one and you've given up on them. <laughs> they need to be your one again. There's markers on the side. If, if you want, just write your name. If you don't want to write their name, write their initial. Church, I want to leave this with you, and I know I'm going a little long. That one is worth it. That one is worth hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Believe that. Embrace it. Let's stand.